Welcome England fans! My name is Ryan Power and this is the Three Lions podcast. The podcast for England fans by England fans. And it's a massive welcome and thank you for joining us. It is now 2018. Can you believe the 18th year of the third millennium? The 18th year of the 21st century and it's World Cup year. The countdown to Russia is now officially upon us and it is also the Chinese year of the dog. But will this British Bulldog have its day over in Moscow this year. This is the 14th episode of the Three Lions podcast. Let's go. So we're all back to work. We've eaten too much, drank far too much and still have enough cheese in the fridge to satisfy Wallace, Gromit and an entire army of mice. Uh, If indeed mice even eat cheese, I'm not sure if they do. But anyway, to celebrate this World Cup year tonight, we're going to go through a live World Cup predictor to see how we might fare, who England might find themselves up against and we're going to be talking about the Nations League ahead of the draw to be made later this month. But before all of that, it is time to say is novum goldem to Mr. Russell Osborne. Hey, what's that? What's all that? That is uh, that is some Russian for you, and that's Happy New Year in Russian. Oh, well, well, Happy New Year to you. I don't even know how to relate to that in, uh, in my <laughs> well, you see, pigeon I thought, Russian. I thought last time after your uh, Russian, obviously, where you've been taking lessons, I wondered if I would try to uh, raise the uh, the bar a little bit this month. Yeah, well, well Sergey hasn't told me how to reply to that as yet. I'll, I'll get on to him. Get on to him or he's going to be fired. And, of <laughs> course, uh, we are now officially in a world cup year uh always the best years and now the countdown really is on it is and then we've got six six months ish something like six that june ish. time yeah about that yeah it's gonna um, come round really quickly absolutely did you have a nice christmas and new year russell yeah yeah very good thank you did um, you get some three lions socks or any uh similar paraphernalia uh no socks no socks um but i did get the uh, oh, what was it? The Gary Jordan uh, book, which um, uh, I haven't got it to hand. It's the, the England one about when we went to the 1982 World Cup. After, Excellent. Yeah, I'm not, not touched on it yet because I'm still working through other books that I uh, that I received, but that was my only England uh, England paraphernalia. That you've you, added that to the to. annals of the Osborne Library. <laughs> yes. How about yourself? Uh, I also received the same book slightly before oh, Christmas. Yes, right. I did. Um, so Gary will be pleased for the plug. We'll try and find the actual exact details so we can plug him uh, properly here. Um, it is the, as you say, it's the story of the 1982 uh, World Cup. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and yes, it goes to Out of the Shadows is what it's That's called. It. Out of the Shadows, the story of the 1982 World Cup team a detailed account of how the uh, national side obviously who won in 66 went through the footballing wilderness 
Um, not just messing up in the World Cup finals, but not even qualifying for the damn finals. Uh, at least we seem to qualify these days, even if we mess up when we get there. Um, it is available on Amazon and other, uh, of course, other bookstores are available. So give Gary's book a read. Out of the Shadows, it's called. So search that on Google and indeed other search engines are available too. Um, so yes, no, uh, no new shirts or anything like that for to add to your collection. No, no, nothing to be honest. No, it's all a bit. Uh, no, no, not much football-related stuff came my way to be honest. Yeah, well, there's uh, they're, they're not not to worry. There's well, always your I'm, next birthday to look yeah, forward to. Perhaps I'm growing up. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible, horrible thought. Um, now, as um, now as you announced, actually, in our little Facebook group a little while ago, um, and for anyone who's not in our Facebook group, then a quick search of Three Lions Podcast on Facebook, uh, you will find our group. There was a World Cup predictor, uh, which you enjoyed and shared with everyone prior to Christmas. That's right. Yes, so that was uh, yeah back back early December. I found this. It was through the the Telegraph website or the the newspaper, um, and they basically laid out the the World Cup in a wall chart scenario, and, and we can pick and choose who we think is going to go through uh, each group in their respective first or second places, and who's going to fall by the wayside. And it automatically tells us uh, which round of 16 they're going to play or they're going to go into and who they're going to play and, and you can work your way through this um, and get yourself to the final and see if you can predict the winners marvellous now I've not done this so we thought that it might be fun way to start off the year uh, to go through it see if my predictions ultimately both match yours versus because you have done this um, and to see potentially if we can see some of what might um pan out in the short six months of the actual world cup itself yeah um so tell me by the uh, wonders of modern science do you have that predictor with you i have i have it up in front of me now and i think just just to remind remind you and myself um i ended up when i done it with a germany and brazil final oh mm. and uh i'll uh, i'll leave it until the end, before I tell you who I decided won it. Okay. <laughs> Keep you in suspense. So yeah, who knows? So you, you didn't. Pre- so just to be, just to clarify, then you you didn't predict England getting all the way to the final, no? Correct. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I was being being realistic. Not, yes. I was u- using my head, not my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, you fire away, and I and we'll, and I'll tell you what I think. Okay. So let's start then with Group A. We've got four teams, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Uruguay. Who do you think and predict will finish in first place? Oh, right, so let's do that again. So who have, we, who have we got? We've got hosts, Russia. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, yeah. Egypt. Yeah. And Uruguay. So. Well, I think, that, I think Saudi Arabia will come bottom of the group. Yeah. I think the Uruguay will top the group. Um, and uh, I think that Egypt will come second, humiliating Russia in their own World Cup. 
Oh, so you think that Russia will be... I think be... Russia will crash out at the hands of Egypt. And uh, I would imagine, no doubt, lots of Egyptians, if there are any in Russia, uh, will be found and punished for their sins <laughs> accordingly <laughs> on the uh, streets of Moscow that night. Ah, well, if well, if that does happen, I think Russia will be only the second team to, or second host nation to fall at the, the first hurdle after South Africa in 2010. Good start, Russ. Yeah. So let's move on to Group B. Okay. Um, this is, uh, yeah, this is possibly, no, I was going to say Group of Death, not this one. This, this is the, the local rivalry one. So first place, Portugal, yeah. Spain, Morocco, or Iran. Okay, so that's got to be one of the, that's one of the simplest ones, I think, really, isn't it? It's just a really matter of what order they're going to finish in the top two. I mean, Portugal and Spain are surely going to uh, run out first and second in that group. You would imagine um, so. Yeah. Uh, however, I actually fancy Portugal to finish above Spain. So current Euro European champions. Yes, Portugal. indeed. To, uh, to come first in that, leaving Spain second. Out go Morocco and Iran. Let's move on to Group C. France, Australia, Peru or Denmark? Did you did you do Australia there in an Australian accent? Tried to, mate. Didn't come out <laughs> that well. <laughs> and can I hear Peru again? Oh, that was my Paddington voice. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that France will win that group, probably quite comfortably. Um, who will come second? Well, that's a very good question, who will come second. Let's go for... I'm going to go for a bit of a shock. I'm going to say Peru. Really? Okay. So uh, Paddington and his marmalade sandwiches go through at the expense of Australia and Denmark. He's going to romp through. That coat is going to come in handy for him (laughs) in the the cold evenings of Russia. And Group D. Mm. This one features Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, Nigeria. Hmm. Well, Argentina to win the group. Okay, let's tick them. And to come second, well, let's See, go Croatia. See, I think this is a tough one to yeah, pick between that. It is a t- t- tough one, I agree. Moving on to Group E, Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica and Serbia. Hmm. Uh, let's go with Brazil to win the group. I think that's nailed on, you would imagine, wouldn't you? Yes, definitely. And I will... Cool, that's... Um, how good are Costa Rica? That's the, I mean, they were obviously good enough last time out to cause us quite a few problems. They held us to a draw in that last game, didn't they? That's right. And they were no mugs throughout that tournament. But Serbia, by the same token, are also not a bad outfit either. Maybe Costa Rica might struggle in the conditions. So let's go Serbia. And Serbia, and we're discounting Switzerland. Okay. I am discounting Switzerland. Okay. I think Serbia is a good shout. I must agree with you on that one. Group F has mm. Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. This is also quite a quite a tricky little group as well, actually. I mean, the Germans are obviously going to romp it. No yeah. doubt they're going to win all three games. They'll probably score 10 and concede none, would be my, would be my prediction for them. As to who's going to come in second, well, that is a very, very good question. Um, I really know very little about South Korea, um, as I suppose lots of 
people know very little about this part of the world. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Arriba um, and let's go Viva Mexico. Viva Mexico isn't um, Spurs player Son. He's South Korean, I think, isn't he? He's doing well for. Uh, yes, I think he is. Yeah. Thank you, doing well for Spurs at the moment. Right, moving on to the big one, Group G. This is, of course, England's group. Yes. First place, Belgium, uh, Panama, Tunisia, or our good selves, England. Well, um, I think Belgium will probably win our group. Go for Bel- Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I, this just leaves second place. Um. Uh, yes, I think that we. I think that we will make. I think we'll make a real big deal of it. But I do think that we will qualify. So I will put us down for second. I don't think it will be easy, but I do think we will come second. I think we will I think we'll beat Panama and I think we will scrape past Tunisia having made a real slog of that one, I think. Um, possibly with like an 80-something minute winner. And then Belgium, I think. Um, and we might get a draw against them, uh, but I think they'll probably top the group on goal difference. So you think it might come down to that last game in Kalingrad? Well, do or Belgium might just beat us. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that of course is the other. One. I'm not suggesting we're going to necessarily get through unscathed, but I do think we will scrape second place. But I do think it may be a scrape. But we are taking scrapes at this point. <laughs> Three Lions podcast says England will scrape through Group G. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Group H um, features Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. Well, it's potluck time now, isn't it? Very much. Um, I am um, again Senegal. I. I, I know very little about um, likewise if I'm completely honest Japan uh, I know Colombia uh, obviously did obviously qualifying from there is, is difficult always from their region anyway let's go let's go Colombia to win the group Poland to come runners up Okay. Now, I think what you've done there, the the majority of your first places have been the group one or the first seeded um, teams, I think. Yes, so you've gone, they you've gone with have. the obvious ones, um, bar Colombia and I think Russia, which okay. obviously you've chucked in. Just, just interesting uh, bit there. Right, let's move on to, to the round of 16. We've got eight games here to go through. Great. Couldn't tell you where any of the venues are going to be because it doesn't give me the information. Okay. But first up, Uruguay versus Spain. Cool. That would be a good first, second round game, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, do you know what? I do actually believe that Spain are a fading world force. And in that particular game, I would go Uruguay in extra time. Oh, cup upset. Spain are out. Yeah, boom. See you later, Spain. Adios. <laughs> Adios. Uh, <laughs> Portugal versus Egypt. Uh, Portugal, I would... Uh, yes, I would see Portugal uh, going through there convincingly. Yeah, I imagine so too. Uh, France against Croatia and all European round of 16. I think France are going to be pretty decent in this World Cup. I am uh, pretty confident of that. If they can get their house in order... They're going to be one of the favourites, I believe. Um, they've just got such strength in depth, particularly, um, and they've got some particularly exciting forward line players as well. So, again, France convincingly. 
So you say get their house in order. Wasn't it 2010 when they all got uh, messed up internally, didn't they? To say the least, yes. Yes. Um, So France to beat Croatia and going on from a European tie to an all-South American tie, we have Argentina against Peru. Oh, well, I think the RGs, as much as it hurts me to say, would, uh, would, would, would win that one probably at a canter. Well, well, maybe not a canter, actually, because I think they might even have had to beat them. To, did they have to beat them to qualify? Not sure. I, I and I think, it was, that... I think it was made difficult for them. But I think Peru might, might be one of these countries who, when they're at home, have got a certain uh, bit of an advantage, maybe, from uh, where their ground lies. It's our altitude advantage, isn't I, it, that I one? I think it is, yes. I've got a feeling they might be in the middle of, no, uh, sort of, middle of nowhere, halfway to the moon. Um, and therefore, I think that would probably could have played an advantage to help them qualify. So I'm going to say Argentina. Okay, Argentina are through at the expense of Paddington and his coat. Sad, sad to hear. It's sad, yes. <laughs> and okay, next one: Brazil against Mexico. Uh, Brazil, yeah, I think they will too will be strong when it matters. Yeah, it's always hard to look past Brazil, isn't it? Who, regardless is. of who they're playing. Yes. Moving on to the next one, Germany against Serbia. Tough game, but I would expect the Germans to come through that one. Yep. Belgium versus Poland. Uh, yeah, I'd likewise, I would fancy uh, Belgium to uh, come through that fairly comfortably. So the likes of Hazard and um, Lukaku to do the damage there. And last game of the round of 16 sees a repeat of, what was that, 2006, was it? Colombia versus England. Oh, yes. 2006 or was it 2002? Um, 2002, I think it was. 2002. I'd fancy us to win that. We'll win that one again. We are through to the quarterfinals. Oh, we have oh, a... Okay. Crazy. Uh, we, the papers a, are going mad. We're going to win it. Southgate's going to get knighted. Oh, everyone gets a public holiday. Brilliant. You don't know who we're lined up against yet. Oh, well, no. That's very true. I don't. <laughs> the quarterfinals have been announced. And okay. we start with Uruguay against France. Oh. Well, I would definitely tune in to watch that. Um... France, yeah, France, just. France go through. Portugal versus Argentina. Ooh. Um, That, again, is going to be a close one. But do you know what? I do think that Argentina are bottlers and Portugal have now proven themselves on the bigger stages. And I think it would be funny for uh, Ronaldo to stick one to Lionel Messi. And I'm going to say Portugal with hilariously Messi missing a penalty. Oh, (laughs) okay. So Portugal will go through. Last but one, Brazil versus Belgium. Ooh. uh, Whilst I have been favouring a few of the European teams, I am going to predict Brazil to go through there. So Brazil go through. Now this leaves us. Oh, I think I can work out which two are left. (laughs) Let's go back. Let's go back to 1966, or should we go to 1970? Should we go to 1996, or should we go to 2010? Last quarter final: Germany versus England. 
sadly, I think that the result would probably be the same as the 2010, certainly. Um, I think we would push them, as we've shown recently. But let's be honest, they probably had another few gears they could have gone through had they needed to at our expense. They romped the uh, Confederations Cup last year, the, you know, the sort of mock World Cup, if you like, playing basically their B team. Um, I think when the going gets tough, Germany are going to have the goods. And sadly, I think they would squeeze us out. Um, maybe an extra time. And, well, who knows, maybe even on penalties. But I sadly would say that might be the end of our World Cup uh, campaign. And the end of Gareth Southgate? No, I think if he, um, I think that if we got to the quarterfinals and lost to Germany, I think they would probably give him a fat new contract. I think you might be right there. So we go out to Germany, which leaves us with the semi-finals. Okay. France versus Brazil. Oh, these are good games. These that ones. Would, yeah, that would. <laughs> God, that would be a good game. Um, <sighs> I mean, wasn't that, that the '98 final, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes. With the uh, when Ronaldo, with the whole contractual obligation sort of issues, wasn't there with That's Nike, right. and he had a silly boomerang haircut, and That's right. and all sorts went on. I think that whilst France might have a better squad on paper, I think that maybe given the age of some of their best players, their years are still to come. And I think that Brazil would grind a victory out. So Brazil are our first finalists, which leaves the other semi-final, Portugal versus Germany. Hmm. Again, would be a great, would be a great tie. Um, And I think the Germans though would, would come through that, I think. So we have a final of Brazil versus Germany and it's uh, strangely that we've both decided the same final is that what you got as well on yours excellent I got a Brazil-Germany final um, so uh, I'm not sure which way you saw that going but I am going to say a uh, the same result as before although not the same scoreline as before but I would fancy the Germans to do it again I think they are probably the best team going into the tournament they've got so much depth in their squad but also as well they always seem to be so well organized and so well prepared and every time i've seen them they just always seem to have uh they always seem to have another gear they could go into if required even though they seldom need to so i'm gonna say germany are the winners um whilst that pains me to say that so germany retain the final get their sixth world cup and cool. I have to agree with you, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. Three Lions podcast decide that Germany will win the World Cup. Germany win the World Cup. However, um, I think that, I'd I'd say, if if that did pan out like that, I think that I would tell you that I would take that today. Well, a quarterfinal exit. Definitely. Yeah. Providing it wasn't too damaging, a quarterfinal exit. You don't um, want to go out being annihilated, do we? I mean, we don't want to be turned over by anyone. I mean, but even then, I guess that partly depends who by and by how many, I suppose. <laughs> but but no, I, I mean, it's, it's and while we're on the subject, it's probably worthy of discussion because you say, uh, would Southgate go? I don't think he would if it gets to that. But how well do England have to do for him to keep his job, do you think? I mean... It's pretty much been said he's going to keep his job, whatever happens. But if you were wielding the axe, 
what 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 do you think is good enough to keep your job i think you've based on the the way the the group and the whole tournament is is panned out that we will face a uh, a group h opponent in poland senegal colombia or japan you would expect us to go through there but if we were to if we were to go out to to one of those um then i think he would he would get the chop getting through to the yeah getting through to the quarterfinals i think is a um is an acceptable um way for him to keep his job and that's purely based on the luck of the the luck of the draw that we've been given Mm. Um, if we'd have been given a a harder um, next second round or round of sixteen, whatever they call it, um, if we'd have been facing a potential Argentina or Croatia, um, then uh, it, it may be a different case. Um, yeah, great. It's funny because when you look at the draw, you're automatically drawn. Uh, your eyes automatically are drawn to who's in your group, but of course. Uh, a lot of the test is really going to be who's waiting for you the next. And not only actually have we lucked out with the group we got, we actually also have lucked out really with who we play next. That's right. Because as you say, we've not only avoided, we've avoided really all of the really big boys in um, in both groups G and H. I mean, I know Belgium obviously have got the same fortune and Poland are probably also looking at it going, well, actually, hang on, we could be in the quarters here if we play our cards right. Mm. Um, but by the same token, you know, we, we've all avoided all of those real big teams that you would, you know, that we've sort of predicted they're getting through to the um, to the semi-finals. All of those teams, uh, we, we can't get them until much later on. Yeah, that's right. I think they're, they're all of a much of a much of a standard, aren't they? But yes. I mean, even if, even if say, argument's sake, a, a Senegal was to get through, they are... Well, not so much as an unknown quantity, but they're to, to Joe Public. They're probably not not so uh, so well known, and they could spring a bit of a surprise. Yeah, they could be uh, could be Cameroon all over again, couldn't it? It could well be. Yes. Well, there we go. So that's the official uh, result of the World Cup, possibly. Um, and now moving on to another uh, tournament that England, well, if we can call it that, I suppose we can, that England are going to be uh, starting this year in 2018. We've only got six months of the World Cup, but we've got nine months until the start of the Nations League. Now, uh, the draw for this happens later this month. We're actually going to cover this in great detail next in the next show, which will be available at the beginning of February. Um, but tell us a little bit about uh, the announcements that's been made in the last month, Russ. So, the yeah, as you say, it's the Nations League. The draw details were announced uh, late last, or early, sorry, early last month. Um, England, we have been pitted in League A, and we're going to be drawn from pot two, uh, from three pots of four nations. Okay. Now, alongside us in pot two are France, Switzerland, and Italy, meaning we won't be drawn against any of those. So that's good. Yeah. However, we will be paired with a nation from pot one and three. Okay. So pot one features Germany, Portugal, Belgium, and Spain. Oh, dear. And pot three, Poland, Iceland, Croatia, and Holland. Um, so it's, it's potentially we could be playing teams that we've played 
three, four months earlier in the World Cup. Um, now, the draw takes place in Lucerne in Switzerland, 24th of January. Um, and all these games, both home and away, so that's this six games, uh, will be played between September and November of this year, 2018. Brilliant. So um, now we will go on to dis- discuss in much more detail next month about what happens after those games have been played because it's I'm not going to say it's confusing because it isn't once you've uh, gone through it a few times but it's certainly let's call it a uh, novel and certainly a uh, new format of playing football in a tournament shall we say because it is a little bit unusual um, so let's have a look at that again then so we've we've, we've avoided France, Switzerland, and Italy. Well, when I say avoided, the only one we've really avoided there is France because I don't think we'd have too much to fear from the other two sides. Um, but we're definitely going to get one of Germany, Portugal, Belgium, and Spain, yeah? Yes, correct. Well, let's hope from a fan's perspective that it's not Germany because. World Cup winners. World Cup winners, as I predicted and you predicted. Um, but also, let's be honest, I think we're a bit bored of playing Germany now, aren't we? We seem to play them every other week. Well, this would mean a home and away tie against them. So, of course. Yes. So they'll be playing them another twice, which yeah. which would which wouldn't be great from a fan's perspective. I don't think. I think that I can speak for the vast majority of England fans by saying that most fans want to go, especially away, to places they've not been before. Yes. Because yeah. the trip is all part of the experience. It's not just the ninety minutes on the pitch, um, and going to certainly Portugal or Belgium. Uh, I mean, I've been waiting for Belgium for, I think everyone has, for God knows how long. Um, sure, I think it was 1980, I think, the last time we played Belgium away. Right. <laughs> in Belgium. Yeah. And um, nice and easy. I mean, all of those, to be fair, dead easy to get to. I'm sure that they would travel in their masses to those. Even Spain would be good. Again, so many fights. I mean, last time we went to Spain, I can remember, was was not the most friendly environment. I don't know if you went. I think it was Madrid and we lost, I think 2-0 no, we lost. No, didn't we go? We went to Malaga, didn't we, a couple of years ago? Ah, maybe. Oh. Malaga or, uh, yeah, we we lost. Yes. <laughs> well, let me rephrase. The last time I went to Spain was, oh, was Madrid. Um, and it was there was quite a few riot police with batons going around, uh, beating people. And... Uh, we were all, I remember, locked in the burner bow, right up in the top corner, and then they turned the heaters off and left us in there for about 40 minutes, freezing oh, nice. our uh, proverbials off. So that was um, so that was an interesting excursion. All part of part and parcel of following England, of course. <laughs> um, so we'll get one of those. Uh, yep. Do you have a preference? Uh, personally, I'd like to go Belgium. Hmm. Okay, me too. And pot three then, Poland, Iceland, Croatia and Holland. Mm, so there's yes. again potential for some uh, certainly some new experiences for me I've been to Poland and Holland away uh, I've definitely never been to Iceland and I've definitely never been to Croatia and I would very much like to go to both of those well I've uh, I've been to Poland and Holland in a football capacity although the Poland game I, I didn't actually stay for the game I because this was the the rained off one, yes. Um, and Iceland and Croatia, I've both been to on just for general holly bobs. Um, yeah. And if it's going to be relatively warm, um, <sighs> Croatia. I don't know. I think that's got potential for a little bit of trouble, but I think maybe Croatia. Yeah, might be nice. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to Iceland in two weeks' time. 
um, which should be fun. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I would also quite like to go there for football purposes. However, um, my understanding is it's very expensive I, uh, to entertain oneself. Yep. And I would imagine there will be endless tweets of people moaning about paying 15 euros a pint everywhere they go, which uh, my, my understanding is fairly inevitable in Iceland. Uh, but that said, I think also a lot of people would like to get some revenge for uh, last time out. And I also think that would probably be the easiest of those four, even though Holland, of course, failed to qualify. And so, of course, we've got Holland next next month. Uh, and we've in got them. Yeah, that's right. Away then. March. So again, that would be twice in, in in fairly short, well, three times in fairly short succession. So let's have something new. So I would quite like Iceland failing that Croatia. Okay. Um, not that um, what I would like makes any difference to the draw. In fact, <laughs> not after what we've said previously about the likes of UEFA and the FA. No, exactly. Sure. Exactly. We're not high on their list. <laughs> no, that's right. So, um, so that brings that to conclusion. We will know more next month. Um, now we need to have a little bit of a roundup, a roundabout now, which which I'm very excited means uh, that I can for the first time today. Uh, play one of the jingles. So, uh, without further ado, Russell's News. Russell's News. Hit me with it, <laughs> Russ. What's on your news this month? So, uh, we're talking Euro 2020 uh, in the news. There's been some new developments, as we know. It's scheduled to be held in 12 cities in 12 different European countries uh, during the summer of 2020, with exact dates to be announced later. Portugal, as we said earlier, are the defending champions. Uh, of course, won in 2016. Former UEFA president Michel Platini said the tournament being hosted in several nations is a romantic one-off event to celebrate the 60th birthday um, of the European Championship competition. I've now, got to, I've got to, I've got to say I think that, that is the biggest cop out ever from mm. Platini. So he's suggesting that this is all, yeah, all been done to the romance of the game. It's, it seems to me like a complete nonsense. Yeah, and this this is nothing to do with UEFA anymore, is he? It's, no, it's exactly. All, all been done in uh, his time there, and and now we've got to deal with it. Um, I personally would have much preferred a a one country or, or a joint two country one that um, we've had in the past, rather than moving around the whole of Europe at great expense. Exactly. Um, yeah. Once but, again, it's been designed with the fans uh, at the back of the mind, if in the mind at all. <laughs> and as you say, you know, again, if the fans pick up the pieces, having to potentially, you know, potentially having to fly in between games is just an absolute nonsense. That's right. It's, it's a very strange thing. And uh, if what, what they're going to do if, if this actually turns out to be, well, half a decent idea, will they carry on doing it? I hope not. Like this? No, I'd much rather we go back to a... And, and also, the other thing as well is it means you only end up playing the games in all of the sort of uh, big cities, as it were. And again, part of the fun of a tournament is, you know, winding up in some smaller venue, uh, you know, and going somewhere where you would possibly not go otherwise. 
That's right, yeah, it's from places that you think, oh, I'd never go there. Well, I'll go there for football, that'll be all right. Exactly, exactly. They're, they're, they're the stuff that good footballing stories are made of, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd never have chosen to go to Donetsk in Ukraine. No, exactly. <laughs> but you, there's every chance you might have gone to, say, Paris, for example, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No need to go there just because they're, they're going to lay on a, a, a football tournament. So, um, so Wembley has been in the news then on off of the back of this. It has. Now, it's been chosen to host an extra four matches. Um, initially, as, as you may remember, we just had the, the two semis were going to be hosted here and the final. Um, but now, due to uh, UEFA not having the confidence in Brussels, um, they're constructing a new stadium. Um, they don't think they're going to get that sorted in time. So Wembley's now been awarded their three group games, I guess, and uh, a round of 16 match. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots, lots of games for to be to be hosted here, um, which kind of makes you think, well, we just we should have just bid Why for the whole thing. It? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and do it properly. That's right. Um, but we will kick off in Rome. Uh, they're going to host the, the opening match, um, and each qualified host country will play a minimum of two matches at home uh, in the group stage. So I'm taking that to be that we will play two of our home games here in in London um, and then obviously one somewhere else um, right so everyone yeah. gets to play two of two, their games at home I think that I think that's how it's how it's working the logistics sorry, I, this sounds like it's going to be really confusing not everyone can play at home surely don't know don't, I'm only, <laughs> only, only telling you what I've read and also is it yeah uh have all, but hang on a minute. Also, as well, we don't have all of the qualifying nations either, do we? In fact, we don't have any of them yet. So that means, yeah, well, yeah. So there will be some nations that are moving around. Yeah. Or does that mean that some? Because obviously they've changed these twelve. They've chosen these twelve cities. Um. So does that mean that they are assuming those twelve are going to qualify, or are they going to host irrespective of if those teams qualify? I guess they probably are, aren't they? I guess they well, I guess to. they must yes. be because one of them's Glasgow, so they can't, surely can't be banking on Scotland definitely qualifying. No, you would imagine not. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Are the, so what has currently been decided then of the groups that we and the cities that we know of? Okay, so we've got um, Group A um, will be Rome and Baku. Is that um, Baku? Romania? That's... Romania, isn't it? Uh... No, isn't isn't that uh, even further afield, like Afghanistan or somewhere? Or is it Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan, yes, Azerbaijan, yes it's Azerbaijan. Yeah, because okay. we, uh, we played there a few years ago. Afghanistan, let's hope not. Um, no, let's, well, I mean, no, let's hope not indeed. So Azerbaijan, well, again, they can't be banking on them qualifying, surely. No, that's true. Yeah, it's very strange. The more, the more I read, I haven't read into it as in depth at like this. Um, okay, moving on. Group B, yeah. um, St. Petersburg and Copenhagen. So okay. if you've got games between there, that's not too far to travel, is it? Between uh, those two. No. I think they're relatively close. Uh, group C, Amsterdam and Bucharest. Well, that's Romania, isn't it? Bucharest. That is. um, group D, London and Glasgow. That's just a short hop away. Yeah. Group E, Bilbao and Dublin. Okay. Um, so that's, that's just a straight flight up. 
um, or down, whatever you go, whatever way you're going. Group F, Munich and Budapest in so Hungary. So they're probably the easiest to get between without needing an aeroplane. Yes. Because you can do drive that. from that. Mm. Well, I suppose London to Glasgow is also quite easy to get in between the two. Yeah. I've got to say, this sounds like a crap idea from Michelle. <laughs> the more, Martini, more we talked about it, yes. The more we talk about it, the more rubbish this tournament sounds like it's going to be. Why not just choose one of the bloody countries and let them have it? Any time when they've shared them, I've never liked the idea of sharing them in the first place. It's like, if you want to have the tournament... You know, if the Europeans, you don't need that many amazing grounds, really. Um, you know, and if if a, if a country is really struggling, a you know, an up and comer, then all right, you can maybe pair up two two countries and do a joint. But having having a joint for the entire of Europe is just it's, it's already seems like it's going to be a bit of a farce to me. Yeah, it's, it's Platini on Twitter. Shall you tweet him and and? Give him some abuse about this. I've no idea what well, it's actually panning out to be. Well, of other things while we're at it, I'm sure, because oh, yeah. uh, the, the man's a fool. That 180 is just... characters, not enough. No, no, exactly. That's right. Um, okay, well, uh, the, the probably the less... Uh, sp- well, well, I guess we're going to watch this space on that then, and we'll see... We'll see what happens as that one moves forward. Let's worry about that after we have uh, won the World Cup. So uh, now uh, England have a friendly, uh, as we know about before. The couple have been announced. We've got a bit of news about uh, the upcoming England away game. That's right. As we said, that we've got Holland away in March. Uh, tickets for that actually go on sale 19th of January to those that applied. And we've got potentially 5,000 people going over there um, with tickets at 21 quid, which I think is good value considering. I would agree. Yeah, I, th- I think I uh, I think I posted on the on the um, the Facebook group that my last ticket over there was about I want to say about 36 euros. I don't remember what the exchange rate was but 21 quid this time seems a bit cheaper yeah i'd say that seems like pretty good value um i would suggest that that would be one of the fixtures that is always going to get a load of fans going anyway because it's so accessible amsterdam you get flights there even from all of the regional airports in the uk so you can get there so easily so inexpensively um and no doubt there will be uh, lots of England fans uh, enjoying the local delights of Amsterdam for a couple of nights. Yeah. One can, only imagine, one can only imagine what some of them might get up to. And Frank's house, isn't it? We're booked on to go around Frank's house. It's always the first stop whenever I go to Amsterdam. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we always like to round up the podcast with the now infamous, uh, hot or not, which of course, even better than that, now has its own, uh, jingle as well. So, uh, cue the music. Turn that blinking racket down. It's time for hot and not. Excellent. So, <laughs> do you know, I'd forgotten what that one actually was until I played it. And it's uh, just as mediocre as I'd uh, remembered. Um, OK, so hot and not. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, go on. I'll give you my hot. Go on then. Which um, the various individuals, England fans who have 
gone out of their way uh, and how they managed to do this i have no idea they've got fingers in a lot of pies to organize coaches uh, in and around the russian games um for the world cup for england supporters um coaches that are dotted be it from kalnas into kalingrad or moscow to volvograd or whatever it is i'm on one between kalnas in lithuania um to kalingrad for the belgium game and i speaking to the guy that was that's organized it i'll take my hat off to him managing to sort this out obviously language barriers i'm sure as uh is getting in the way but it's not just him there's plenty of other england fans um, who are organizing coaches and it's not just for this world cup it's it's been for previous ones as well so i take my hat off to you um, yes because they've got day jobs as well to 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 work around and trying to organize this and people going oi can i get on your coach as well so, yes, well here, done, here. And, and obviously you. trying to round up England fans is like herding cats. So <laughs> yes. I dread to, you know, counting them on and off the coaches is no doubt going to be a pretty thankless task, I would imagine. Mm, yeah. So yes, well done them indeed. I also doff my hat to them. I am going my hop for this month is going to be uh, Harry Kane, um, who's incredible goal scoring albeit for club as opposed to country, has continued. Uh, But since we've spoken last, he's now uh, leading the scoring charts in the Premier League with 18 goals as we go to... uh, I was going to say go to press. That doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. Mm. Um, But not only that, he's also got the highest ratio for any player to team in the Premier League too. So Spurs have scored uh, 41 goals this season, meaning Kane has smashed and grabbed... 44% 44% of their team goals. Um, so it seems that it's not only England uh, who are rather heavily reliant on his goals. Uh, but in addition to that, if that isn't enough, he's also scored the most goals for club and country in 2017, scoring 56 goals in 52 games in 2017, the Spurs and England which is really quite remarkable. The most among any player in the top five leagues. Um, By comparison, Messi has managed 54 in 64, Ronaldo 53 in 60, Cavani 53 in 62, and Lewandowski 53 in 55. So that is really quite remarkable. In addition to that, he's also the Premier League calendar year king, Breaking Alan Shearer's record for Premier League goals in a calendar year. Shearer managed 36 in 95. Kane finished 2017 with 39, which is quite remarkable. Um, And if that wasn't enough, he has also managed to score, again, a quite uh, outstanding, and I'm running out of superlatives as I say this, eight hat-tricks in 2017. Eight Patrick, six of those were in the Premier League. And to put that in comparison, there have only been six other hat-tricks in the Premier League in 2017. So there were 12 in total. He got half of them. That is quite remarkable. Well done, Harry Kane. Um, Let's just pray he does not get injured (laughs) any time in the next six months. Because there's going to be a few players that are probably going to be told by their respective uh, club or country rather managers to probably put a hatchet job on him around about April. 
I um, <laughs> that's the last thing you really want from an England point of view to uh, to get him injured. But um, I mean, from from an Arsenal point of view, as an Arsenal supporter myself, he's he is an amazing um, statistic that he's done. But I that the whole Premier League year calendar year thing really doesn't do it for me. It's over over a season, April to uh, sorry August to eight, April May time, I think. <laughs> oh come on! Don't give me that, Russ. If he was, you're just jealous. Jealousy that is creeping oh, in there, and it's, it's an ugly emotion. <laughs> if well, he it, was, if if he was playing for Arsenal, you'd be lapping it up. Well, he he should still be there, shouldn't he? He he was a young Arsenal supporter. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving. We, on. we won't get onto that today. That's a whole. That's a whole other can of worms. That's a whole other podcast. It is not yeah. us. <laughs> uh, no, not us. You're right. Um, what about the not? Okay, let's. That's my not one. Um, the FA and oh, Wembley Stadium. Yes, I'm afraid so. Uh, well, this time I, you may have read about this, and I've I've already let this one slip on the, uh, the Facebook group. Um, but the FA and Wembley Stadium they ganged up on Little Wembley FC of the Spartan South Midlands Premier League over the use of the name. <laughs> Wembley. Um, now, that's Wembley FC, the, the crowds of less than 100. Um, they play within two miles of our national stadium. They've been good neighbours for some time. Wembley being, or Wembley FC being founded back in 1946, which I believe at the time Wembley Stadium was known as the Empire Stadium. Yes. Then. Yeah, good, good uh, knowledge. Yeah, so so during December, the FA and Wembley Stadium decided to gang up on on a little Wembley for the use of... That sounds patronising, doesn't it, little Wembley? But they decided to gang up on Wembley for the use of the name and the lion on their club crest because they believe... um, It's all very confusing, this, but they believe that people may get confused as to where to go when there's a game on. Oh, uh, for goodness sake. I know, I know. As in, potentially, when England play Italy in March, there is a danger that uh, <laughs> Luigi, coming over from Padova, he may end up going to Vale Farm, home of the Lions of the Spartan South Midlands Premier League. Oh, my God. That is the most nonsensical reasoning I've ever heard. It is, isn't it? You don't think he'd go, oh, this, this isn't that big. 90,000 capacity stadium with a large lit metal arch over it. And and the FA, I think they're just, they're concerned that they're going to miss out on a £10 burger and chips sale. Yeah, Uh, yeah, quite. And and it's just, it's awful. I mean, obviously with the possibility of Wembley um, having to potentially change any details, be it their name, their badge, even such things as as headed notepaper, um, is going hu- to incur huge financial costs, which a, a non-league team simply doesn't have the resources to do. So Wembley, uh, neither Wembley Stadium nor the FA are uh, both obviously multi, multi, multi-billion pound companies. They've not F- offered to uh, help pay for those additional costs, no? No, they just really seem, they wanna, they're going to gang up on this grassroots team um for for the the thing that they they don't want people to be going to the wrong ground and do we think then that wembley fc actually had the name first oh was it still was it the empire stadium still when when they started i think so yes and i think when or the empire stadium changed their name to wembley um 
because they were in the borough of Wembley. Well, um, I think Wembley FC should be campaigning for Wembley Stadium to change their name if they had it first. I, I can't tell you who had it first, but okay. if, they've lived, if they've lived this long together in harmony, why now do they have to decide, oh, we, we don't agree with you You having the name of Wembley. It's, it's not. It's wrong. It's bonkers. It's, it's unnecessary. Completely and it's, agree. It's bullying. Yeah, it's bullying, And we yes. do not condone that on this podcast. Um, and there is a... If, if you disagree with uh, what Wembley and the FA are doing, um, Wembley FC have got their own um, petition um, oh. to try and sort this out. And that, that, I think I put a link on that on the Facebook group, but if not, I will, I'll sort that out. So, uh, yes, so search on Facebook for Three Lions Podcast, uh, join, and then you can sign that petition for uh, to help out Wembley FC. Hopefully that can do something. Yeah, so watch this space. Excellent. Now, mine not, also someone else who may or may not have appeared once or twice before, um, is FIFA. Uh. Um, or more, uh, more appropriately, though, uh, is actually FIFA's ticket application process. Um, now, I'm sure loads of fans have obviously all applied for their tickets recently for the World Cup. And it's not something new, this, because you've had to have a previous, uh, previous tournaments. But the fact that you have to pay up front for all of your tickets through the FIFA website before you find out whether or not you're successful in your application has really, uh, has really got my goat, actually. Um, because I did have a little look to see just out of interest, what it would cost if you wanted to apply for every game. So every England game, basically. Right. If you want to, you can go on and do that. And for previous tournaments, when actually I thought we had a hope in heck of doing it, I actually did do that before. And yes, I had to pay for everything in one go, and yes, it was very annoying. But ticket prices seem to be a bit dearer now than they were when I did that previously. Yeah. Now, for one person to apply for every England game, it would cost... which is just a smidgen under 1,700 quid. And that is just for Category 2 tickets as well. So it's not even the best seats. Right. Um, Or, of course, if you want to take your family of four, that is £6,752. Now, not only is that obviously just a farcical amount of money, but just think about how much money FIFA are going to make because they're going to take the money off everyone who applies. Now, obviously, a lot of those people who apply aren't going to get tickets, so they will then return that money to them. Now, it doesn't come to you straight away, the return. I think it comes, if I might even not be, to after the tournament takes place. So, basically, the fans are going to be bankrolling this. Um, and think of the money, the interest that FIFA are going to make on their client account where all that money is sitting for six months. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's... I don't, I'm not saying I've necessarily got a better system, but it does seem like it's not the fairest way of doing it. I don't know why they couldn't do something like, you know, you can apply for what games you want, then if you're allocated, you've maybe got a week to pay and if you don't stump up the money in that week, they get reallocated. Because no, yeah. to expect people to stump up the money in advance and take the hit for maybe six months of thousands of pounds potentially, when they may or may not get a ticket, just doesn't seem like that's the fairest way to do things. That's right. Yeah, and as well, I guess you've got to think about if you're applying for tickets, you're going to also be getting 
paying for flights as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of money just for a uh, potential week or two on a, a football jolly. Yeah, not even a week or two in the sun. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's uh, so. Thank you, FIFA, uh, mm. for uh, for that. That's uh, again, I don't, I doubt that will be anything that will change anytime soon. But yeah. um, but there we go. And as you say, good knows, goodness knows what will happen with the 2021 if. Uh, if we are indeed jetting all over the place. Um, oh, I don't know what's... Well, let's get this tournament out of the way first and we'll worry about that uh, <laughs> later. Um, I think that's just about it for episode 14 of the Three Lions podcast. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, you. Um, of course, you, you, yes, you can get your voice heard by using the hashtag Three Lions podcast on Twitter. Don't forget to search facebook for three lines podcast where you'll find our group discussing all things england come and join the discussion um, and dare i even suggest joining the fun uh, we will be back on the 2nd of february discussing all things nations league uh, as by then we will know england's fate and of course we will then know where the next couple of england trips at the end of the year will be jetting off to we'll see you there Don't miss it. This is the Three Lions podcast. Come on, England. (laughs) 